0: Hello, and welcome to Exchanging Eternal Truths, brought to you by Eternal Truths Ministries in Anderson, South Carolina. I'm your host, authoring minister, Heather Lancaster, and I'm happy to be joined once again by intercessor Gail Newsom, part of ETM. So today we're gonna talk about what's pleasing to God. So Gail, welcome back.
1: Well, thank you.
0: So what what is pleasing to God?
1: Well, you know, before I begin... It's just interesting how the Lord kind of deals with me. It's like he talks to me and he began saying to me, you know, I want the body of Christ to want to be with me. I don't want them always seeking worldly riches or things that they want for themselves. But I, and I began to just yearn in my spirit to how, Lord, how can I be more pleasing as a Christian? So that's how this message kind of came about.
0: I could understand that. I mean, the scripture tells us in, in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add all the other things that we need. Amen. But it's it's that notion of seeking him first. Not just His kingdom, but His righteousness. And what does that look like? And that looks like a relationship with Him.
1: Amen. And so many times, you know, at least I've been on the other side. Where So I want to be fair to whoever's listening. That sometimes you think if I do enough reading of the Bible today, or I do enough activities in church, that's going to please God. But I found through the years where my faith is, to start off with, where is my faith anchored in? And I began thinking about that. My faith wasn't always anchored in Jesus. I would look at going to church so much and reading so much or taking communion. But where my faith was anchored in and realizing that we can't do anything unless we're in Christ.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So that's like the first, almost, if you will, foundational principle that I didn't always understand what in Christ meant.
0: Yeah. Well, when you talk about, you know, actions, you know, God's not looking for actions. Now, we know the scripture that says that faith without works is dead. However, works without faith is also dead. We're not saved by our works. We're not justified by our works, the Apostle Paul tells us. So it's a matter of when we have faith in Christ, as you said, and we're having a relationship with Him, then we want to do those other things. But we're not doing those other things out of habits or or trying to check off a list that says, if I do this, 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 and this, then God's going to be happy with me today. That's not how God works. But if we really even go back to Ephesians
1: 2, 8, where it says, by grace, we've been saved by faith, not by our works, but it's a gift from God. So even our salvation... I was always, and I'm not going to say the denomination, but I was brought up in a church where you kind of had to earn your way, try to see if you were good enough, so you know, to make it to heaven. So just knowing that salvation alone, everything is in what he did on the finished works of the cross. So if I keep my faith anchored in Christ, I can really do all the things he tells me to do. Right.
0: Not what I want to do. Right. I want to go back and I want to read that verse in the Passion. And again, that's Ephesians 2.8. Yes. And it says, For grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn the salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. And then in verse nine, it says, so no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: So, you know, when we when we think about it in that regard, it's not about, like we said earlier, it's not a checklist. We can't strive mm-hmm. and work at it and make it happen. Salvation is something we accept. It's a free gift. And that's one thing. That really, if you if you do like comparative religious studies, that's one thing that differentiates Christianity to every other religion that's out there. Every other religion requires that you do a certain amount of things in the hope that you'll reach perfection, Amen. in the hope that you will... Somehow do enough good works that your, that your God will bless you with paradise in eternity. Christianity is the only one that says, God, creator of the universe, gave you something free, and all you have to do is accept it. Amen. Accept that gift of Jesus that, that all the, you know, we're told in Romans that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then Jesus died for those sins so that we don't have to pay the penalty for it. All we have to do is accept that free gift that he's given us that washes away every sin, every transgression, everything that, that we, every failing that we have. Jesus has already washed that away and all we have to do is accept it.
1: And, you know, for someone like me that came from religious works, I'll just say religion, I began to really ponder on that. And I thought, you know, Lord, if we could just have this type of faith and we keep it anchored in your word and we really believe that your word is true, then it talks about in Hebrews 11:6 with this kind of faith, without this kind of faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah, Because he's a rewarder of those who believe and those who diligently seek him. Hmm. I wasn't diligently seeking him. I was putting him at the end of the day in a little checklist because everybody else was reading the Bible. I thought, well, I need to. Right. But when my faith stays there, whatever comes, and we're hit today on every side... We can stand in faith knowing that Jesus did everything for us, all his peace, all his healing, all his everything was on that cross. Mm-hmm. And we can have that too.
0: That's right. Everything we need in this life, he has purchased for us already by what he did 2,000 years ago. You know, so so that verse, Hebrews eleven six. And without faith living within us, Amen. it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He's real and that He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him. So, how do we seek Him by being in His Word? We seek Him in prayer. Amen. We seek Him by gathering ourselves together to be encouraged and built up. So going to church or service, reading your word, being in prayer, those are ways to seek Him, but you do it from that. It's a difference in your heart posture, I think. You're doing it because you want to know Him better.
1: Amen. That you want to
0: know what He's about, what He's wants to do in your life, not because you're trying to fulfill a checklist. And I think that's the difference. It's it's the difference in your heart posture. Are you trying to get to know God better or are you mm-hmm. trying to fulfill a list of things in hopes that he might wave a magic wand and say, you're okay today?
1: Amen. And you know what helps me and maybe will help somebody listening I never understood the difference with the soul and the spirit because mm. I was always in self. Right. I was always in what I think and what I want and my emotions, which is your soul. Right. So I never really understood if I just got quiet and listened to the Lord and got with Him and heard what He told me to do, then I can really be led by Him. And it's so much easier then when you 're trying to make all these things happen that 's not pleasing to God. He even says in romans eight eight that those that are in the flesh, which is really self, we can 't please God right because the flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another, but i didn 't always understand that
0: well and i want to I want to take a step back for any of our listeners, you know we we talk about the difference between soul and spirit, but I want to kind mm-hmm. of explain that a little bit. So, as a person, we are made up of three parts, and those three parts are our body, our soul, and our spirit. Our body is is just this natural casing that we have. Yeah, it's, it's our, our skin. It's and, in our right. organ. It's, it, it houses our our the rest of us. Our spirit is that eternal part of us. It's that part of us that, that will be with God in eternity. Our soul is that mind, will, and emotions. It's those things that, that drive us. And what we have to do as believers is allow the spirit that communes with God to, I don't want to say control the soul, but to guide the soul um, into the right way so that our mind, our will, and our emotions line up with what God has for us. And And that's a process.
1: And I understand that because, like I said, I've been on the other side. So, since I started really studying this, I love this scripture that really helped me more than any of them is Galatians 2.20 where it says, I've been crucified in Christ. So I crucified my flesh. I've given it to the Lord. It is no longer Gail that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And I now live in the flesh, but I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. It just helps me understand that I'm here but I'm, my mind's being renewed and replenished and changed by reading the Word, by meditating on the Word and getting revelations from the Lord about how I can be more like my Father. Mm-hmm. And it begins to make help me understand that it's all about Him. There's a change that happened to me when I began seeking Him, I didn't just put him at the end of the day, you know, because everybody else was doing it. But I sought him to know who he is. I wanted to spend time with him.
0: I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And I want to I read that in the Amplified Classic. And that, again, it's, it's Galatians 2.20, and it says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him, I have shared his crucifixion. It's no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And then in verse 21 it says, Therefore, so we always look and see what it's there for. Therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift as something of minor importance and defeat its very purpose. I do not set aside and invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace or unmerited favor of God. For if justification of righteousness or acquittal from guilt comes through observing the rituals of the law, then Christ the Messiah died groundlessly and to no purpose and in vain his death was then wholly superfluous so if if we were justified if we were made righteous before God right, by, by doing works. the works mm-hmm. or what it says here the ritual observing the rituals of the law then Christ didn't need to die that's the whole difference that's if you right. look at the old testament versus the new testament. You know, we talk about we've been given a new covenant in the new testament. But Jesus fulfilled that law. Everything that that happened in the old testament, they were required to make sacrifices to to you know, do certain things because they didn't have the ability to say Jesus forgive me. And to have his shed blood. So they were having to shed, you know, animal blood and things like that just to atone for sin where we mm-hmm. don't have to do that. And it was a covering. It was a covering. Where the blood is not blood removed. Correct. Completely. You know, we talk about you know Passover. Think about think about Passover and and what that meant in in the old testament. They put that lamb's blood on their doorposts, and it was a covering. It was a protection so that the death angel would pass over them. But now we have the blood of Jesus that washes it all away as if it never happened. So we can go and we can say, you know, we have been completely forgiven in everything that's in our past, The only person that remembers that is us.
1: Amen. Because there is no condemnation when we're in Christ. And it's easy to beat ourselves up and say, you know, we got to do more activities in the church. And I'm not knocking church. We got to do this. But when the Lord leads us, he equips us and anoints us to do something. So when we really seek him, he really does say, ask, it will be given. Seek, you will find. And knock, and I'll open that door. Right. And I began to understand the difference because there's life and peace attached to to the, his spirit. And when you're in the soul part of you, like you said, you're striving and fretting and trying to make something happen. You're it. It just you never get there because you become worn out
0: from your own efforts. Right. Well, and and I think you just you know hit the nail on the head. Doing all of the stuff is only gonna wear us out. Amen. But if we're being led by the spirit, then he refreshes he renews our soul. He refreshes our body. Amen. And and we're given the strength to do the things he's called us to do. You know, and and you and I talked a little bit. Before we recorded, it's like if we ever felt that we were doing this in our own strength, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I I'd say, I, see ya. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather just just back up and say, I'm not doing this anymore. It's not what God's called me to do. However, for me, this is what God has called me to do. Between this and the books and things like that, that's what God, God has called me to do. That's, that's where he has me at the moment.
1: Can I go back to something that just touching my spirit? Of course. It, it, the heart change really is what changed me from really wanting to seek him and know him, not just put him at the end of my day, but when we allow him to come in on the potter's wheel, we allow him to look at things in our flesh, maybe worrying or fears. And we don't see it as a punishing God. But we see he loves us and he's changing us and he's going to be with us to help us step by step. And I just be- I began to see that when you're really in full obedience in full surrendering to him, it happens when you begin to see how much he loves us, that he keeps working with us. I used to say, wow, i got a lot to work on. But it doesn't matter to Jesus. It doesn't matter to anyone listening where you are in this process. It only matters that you want to be more like Jesus, that you want to do what he tells you to do. And it's not out of obligation or out of position or out of approval or out of power or whatever it is, but it's out of your love for him that you want to see other people get what you're getting. Yeah. So I just think obedience and surrendering, I used to try to say, I'm surrendering, I'm resting, but I wasn't because I was still trying to get it in my head to make it work. But when you begin to see how much he loves us, how much he's cleansed us from our sins, what, how great a God he is, I just think these things kind of follow You begin to really see, have you ever tried to
0: count the hairs on your head? (laughs) I try not to even count the ones that fall out.
1: I (laughs) did that one day when I thought of how great God is. And I just took a little pile. I got a lot of hair. And I just, I, I lost count after like 10 minutes. Yeah. But just think of a God so great that we begin to reverence him and honor him and see just who he is and we're not just some little old worm out there we're his children we have his inheritance and to be pleasing to him i want every single person i want to give them a life raft of hope i want them to know now how far gone they feel Oh I've had this thing for 20 years. I've had these fears. I've had these this anger issue whatever. God can work with
0: anyone. Always right to the last breath. Yep. Absolutely. And and I think that's so important for our listeners to know is that we're not ever in this life going to be perfect. You know, we live in a fallen world. Amen. Things happen. But the thing is we have that hope. We have that promise. We have, and and I'm one of those people that if there's a promise in the word, I want it. I wanna I wanna walk in all of it. And you know, there's there's so many things. We're not when when we accept Jesus, we become a child. Think about that's right. Think about you know, if you have kids or, you know, we were all kids at one point, you know, we weren't afraid to go up and ask our parents, you know, you go in the store, can I have a piece of candy? Can I have a candy bar? Can I have, you know, mm-hmm. we did that. And and we, m- my family was very indulgent when <laughs> when my brother and I were little. You know, they'd pick us up after school and they'd take us to the store and we'd get a soda and a candy or a soda and some chips or something like that. And we didn't think about it. How much more does God, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who Jesus died for our healing, the Scripture tells us He was He was He took His stripes for our healing. He was bruised Mm -hmm. for our iniquities. How much more does He want to give us those same gifts? How much more? And it isn't indulging. It's not. You know. It's like you said at the beginning. You know. You can't strive for stuff. That's right. Because that's not going to satisfy you. But when you seek after God, Scripture says He adds all those other things that we need. Amen. But the Scripture also tells us He gives us the desires of our heart, you know. And when I was a kid, if I desired a piece of chocolate, I'd say my grandparents never turned me down, which is probably why I look the way I look today. But, you know, I've said round is a shape. But... In all honesty, how much more does God want to do that? So, you know,
1: you're right. And when I began thinking about what is pleasing to Him, the one thing I can't get out of my spirit is any soul that comes. If we can go in and be obedient to the Lord, and we can witness to someone or we can hug him, or we do what he tells us. And that person comes to Christ. That, to me, is the greatest gift that we could give the Lord. We could have all the positions in the world, but think about somebody that hears about the goodness of God, that doesn't feel the judgment and the criticism and the hurt. But they know that we can follow God as his dear children. That's in Ephesians 5.1. I know you love that scripture. I do. And we can walk in his love. Yep. We can see people like he sees them. And we can really see each person as a potential brother and sister mm-hmm. that can come into the kingdom of God. I think that's what I, what I see as the most pleasing life that I could give Jesus is to tell someone about what he did for me, to give them hope, to let them know whatever they're battling with physical illnesses, keep trusting God. Whatever is going on in their finances, keep hanging on. Yeah. And just to know that there's that hope and not to let go no matter how long that you've been
0: in something. It's not too late. No. No, it's... it's until our very last breath, God is merciful, but I don't want to wait that long. You know, Amen. we know that Jesus' return is imminent. All you have to do is look at what the Bible tells us about the signs of the times and realize that we're getting very close. I don't want to take any chance, and, and I would pray that our that any listeners, if you're not a christian if you if you're not a believer in Jesus, that you would take a moment and just say, Jesus, I know that you died for my sins, and I am sorry for what I've done in my past. Forgive me, become my Lord and Savior and that's all you have to do is is believe you know and and then you're in the family. And then you can study the word and find out what does it mean to be a believer? What does it mean to be a child of God? What benefits are you given as a child of God? But you know, another thing
1: that might help some people, I had tons of stuff, too, from my childhood, from all kinds of places, and I would look back and I would meditate on the things I did wrong, Mm -hmm. and I would feel guilty and condemn myself and just, feel defeated. But God doesn't want us to look back. He says to press forward toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus so we can press forward. And what freed me from that, looking at my past, was I know that every day I wake up is new. Doesn't it say our, his mercies are, are new, new every, every morning? morning. Yep. And we might cry during the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen. <laughs> That's what helps me because I got kind of a late start on changing. But it doesn't matter if you're 30, 50, 70s like me, or you're someone very young. Jesus is just waiting for you. His arms are
0: open wide. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are in life. I think that's that's, that's the it. most important thing. It doesn't matter where you are. It does you, do, you you mentioned it, your age doesn't matter. That's right. You're you can be you can be a teenager, you can be a senior citizen. It's never too late. And and we look at it like you said, we can't focus on our past because once we ask for forgiveness, to God, it's if our That's past right. does not exist. And the only person who can bring that up is us. That's right. So I would en- I would encourage our listeners, as we wrap up today, when we talk about what's pleasing to God, what's pleasing to God is seeking after Him, seeking Amen. what He wants for our lives, what He's interested in. You know, there there's a lot of things that the scripture tells us that that are not pleasing to god but dig into his word and find out you know even even if you don't know the word and you don't know where to look you can even google those things and ask for Amen. the scriptures just go to google and say what scripture says what's pleasing to god And it'll give you a list and then go to the scripture and look it up and read it for yourself. But if I can say something in closing, Mm -hmm. keep
1: your heart open. Don't run from God, no matter how much you have, no matter how lost you might feel. He loves you. Let him just come in and fill you up. He'll help you step by step. He said we're his workmanship, right? Mm -hmm. Created in Christ Jesus. So when he sanctifies us, he's helping us step-by-step change into our Father. Because whoever we spend time with, when we treasure Jesus, we'll want to spend time with
0: him and honor him. Absolutely. And we'll get to know him. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. He wants a relationship with us. That's right. He's not looking for people to go through, like we were talking earlier. He's not looking for people to go through and check off a list of things that they've done for the day. He wants people to have fellowship with him. We were created to have that relationship. And that's what he wants. And so, as we close up for this episode, I just want to encourage you, if you don't have a relationship with God, ask him. Simply say, you know, like we said earlier, you know, Jesus, forgive me and then seek out what he wants for you, what what he has for you. And if we can pray for you, if we can encourage you in any way, if we can believe with you for something, feel free to let us know in any of the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and and we want to see you blessed. So thank you for listening to this episode of Exchanging Eternal Truths. And we want to uh, you can listen on Spotify or any of your podcast providers, just remember to like, subscribe, follow, whatever is appropriate for that platform, and uh, hit the notifications so you can be notified when new episodes drop. And we just thank you again for listening to Exchanging Eternal Truths. And until next time, be blessed.